going to die, so I'm gonna fight for how I wanna live. Spark up the riots, guess I'm a criminal and a futurist. Will the charges I've caught won't stand your trial? You can take it out of me. This is episode 129. Tell me where to turn. Oh, and Rogers just lost the ball. Is there there one one third of the show has the Bears defense highly leveraged apparently? Well, I also have the Bears minus three and under forty seven. The under's looking real good. Yes, yeah, we're fully dark on the so under. Good. By the way, I'm uh, I'm there with you on that. Yeah, it was going to be one of my first questions tonight as to. Uh, both of you guys, are you fully docked with the under on this game? Because if you are, you could just count whatever amount of money that you've got. I, you've got wagered here. I got I got a hundred on the under, and then I also have um, twenty lineups in the Thursday to Monday slate, and faded every player in this game except one lineup has the Bears defense. Yeah. So this. This game being low scoring is working on all fronts. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a it's almost a always a good approach because most people are only getting into the Thursday to Monday because they want a piece of every day's games. Yeah. There's there's so more than one way. Strategy. Take one of them, one of them to just not play at all or just put like everything on Monday and just hope those two games both go off. There's more yeah. than one way to have a piece. You don't have to have DraftKings. There's other ways. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. In fact, I, uh, I'm i in the honeymoon phase with a new sports book right now that gave me a 100% deposit match. So I'm, well. I'm still in the – I'm playing with totally free out of thin air money, so I'm just betting too much on every game and just, hey, whatever's happening that night, I'm just like, yeah, of course we're going to bet on that. This is nobody's uncle, right? That's giving you this hundred dollar honeymoon. No, not that I know of. It's yeah, some distant relative of uh, Luke Bryan, I think. But we're fine. We're fine. Nashville's a safe town, so I hear. Hey, what show is this? Yeah, that's good. I I said it was episode one twenty nine, and then didn't get around to actually mentioning episode one twenty nine of what because I was so rudely interrupted by you. But this is hey. You want to interrupt me again? Fine. This is tell me say, live turn. sports updates is what has made this show. The show was built on live sports updates. But yeah, tell me where to turn. You can find the show on Twitter at where to turn pod. You can find me at uh, Tommy two underscore zero. And you can also find me waiting for Glenn to join the podcast for almost an hour tonight. So that was exciting. Some of us have to be dads 24 seven. We that's the title that we carry. <laughs> I'll be sure to tune in for the parenting episode. So you can find me parenting uh, full throttle as always at Glenn three underscore 11. And you can find me at point break underscore Dave. Glenn's late arrival tonight has been only, uh, only outdone by the guy Fury hour long hamburger in Baltimore. (laughs) Which was three years ago today, I believe. And we know, we all know what happened that night. So we were setting ourselves up for a very nice next hour of content. Yeah, I'm excited about the next hour of content. We have, we actually have a real topic that we're going to get into tonight. And I'm, 
I'm excited about this. I think Point Break Dave threw this out about a month ago, but we're actually doing an entire episode on pet peeves, and I'm excited about this because I, I spent some time over the last week preparing for the show, writing mine down, and the more the more I more thought I put into it, the more I was cracking myself up with how ridiculous some of these are, but they're true. And I think we, we uh, well, I don't know if Glenn is part of this, but He's Tommy and I, his down right we had now. plenty of time to talk <laughs> before this this started. Um, we're going to try to avoid the real obvious ones, right? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What, what does that mean? Does that mean like someone who might drive often to a Panda Express? We're avoiding that. The pet, I think the, the pet peeve at its core is something that's annoying, but it's especially annoying to you. So you can't say, you know, like, oh, well, one of my pet peeves is people that cut me off in traffic or something, because no. everybody hates that. Yeah. It's gotta, there's there's, there's we kind thinking. of this, this nice gray area in between just totally socially unacceptable behavior and then this gray area of things that are probably annoying to everybody, but just for whatever reason especially annoy you or aggravate you. Okay, fair enough. So is that the space you stayed in, or did you put, like, mass murderers and <laughs> people that disrespect people. women? And Yeah, I put domestic abu- abusers and people who hate our freedom. That's my pet peeve. Yeah. Awesome. I, would, I, I would say that... Um, Following that up, one of mine is uh, anyone who overstates, like, a an individual or a group that just has a disagree- disagreement with them, whatever the political, societal, or what have you issue it is, that they are under attack. <laughs> like, my values or my whatever is, I feel like I'm under attack here. Just because, like, they want to do something or have an idea, and somebody's like, yeah... I don't really think it's a good idea or we shouldn't do that. Or I don't agree with that. And then someone who just dramatically turns it into, this is a personal attack on me out of, out of nowhere. I like it could be over, about cake. <laughs> I love uh, that one. Actually. I'm going to have to add, I'm going to have to add that one to my list too. Point of personal privilege. Sensory <laughs> <laughs> overload already. Here's one. Uh, I think I'm kind of starting in, I kind of started in things people put on social media and then broad categories. I have a few that are work-related and then a few that are more general. But but here's one. Anybody who refers to their pets as the kids, the children, <laughs> the fur babies. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of offenders on this on social media, but there's also offenders in the workplace, too, when you know, you're having a lunchtime conversation and that kind of awkward lady that has seven cats and no uh, discernible social life comes in and it's like, yeah, the kids were really keeping me up last night. You can't do that, man. Yeah, or when you're telling a story about your actual kids and they're like, oh, I know what you mean. My dog did this. And you're (laughs) like, no, that's that's not the same. Because you know what? You don't have to worry about raising your dog to not be a nut in 18 years. Yeah, because you know what? Because your dog's not going to live to be 18 Exactly. So what about people that put their animals' names on Christmas cards, you know, that say, like, happy or Merry Christmas from the Point Break Daves, and then it also has from Rover and Fido on the Christmas card? How do you feel about that? That one doesn't bother me as much, 
but it only doesn't bother me if they have real kids. So if it's like they name all their kids and then they put the dog at the end, I'm fine with that. I no, no, I'm, I think I'm totally talking about people that don't have kids that that have yeah, uh, okay. basically yeah taken the place that the kids would normally occupy on this card and assign that to the dogs. Because I think Dave's point is perfect on if you have kids and you're listing the kids and you add like the dog yeah. or the cat's name at the end, that's just I think good, you're okay. That's just a good yeah. classic healthy American family. Uh, if yeah. it's just the pets and you, then it's like oh boy. <laughs> so, they, uh, this goes along with with Tommy's because it's mainly perpetrated on social media. One of my pet peeves is the people who try to shame people on holidays. Like the it was real big around Memorial Day. Like, oh yes, you just thought it was a three day weekend, or when you're grilling out, remember? It's like guys, like, and it was also big on. Uh, july 4th with the fireworks like they'd always have a picture of someone who'd been through some traumatic event or like a sad looking puppy and they're like remember not everyone enjoys fireworks it's like oh yeah or if you really want to take it dark the mother's day of like hey some people lost children and this is a tough day for them yeah the the bring it on down holiday guy yeah i'm with you like the thing about like uh like, hey, Memorial Day, like if you want to put a, you know, nice patriotic something on there, that's fine. I, I feel like Dave was headed to like, I feel oh. like he was headed to, you know, Memorial Day, not that big of a deal. No, I wasn't going there. I'm saying there's a way to like, you know, hey, you know, let's remember something without like trying to call out and call people down on. Well, if you're just out at the lake, you're not. It's like, you know what, guys? Yeah, I don't get Monday off that often. <laughs> right, right, and just the fact that you're enjoying the day doesn't mean that you don't respect your freedom. Yeah, or that you're, or that you've now discredited everybody that died for your freedom, which apparently you do if you have too much. Clearly, fun. I think. Uh, I mean, you have to be respectful of what the the day or the occasion is for, but no matter what, there's always going to be a kid starving to death in some country. We can do our best to help it, but you're never going to completely eradicate that stuff. I mean, you shouldn't just be, you know, completely ignore what the days or holidays meaning should be. But at the same time, yeah, somebody who walks up and just kind of reminds you like, hey, I see all those domestic beers you're having. I hope you know how many people died for the right and how they died for the right for you to drink that. Okay, yeah, I get it. So Every on, day I think about it. On Thanksgiving, are we going to look forward to a Glenn post about blankets with infected with smallpox or anything <laughs> like that? Or I think we probably need to be on the lookout for that. Just steer clear of that. Well, <laughs> here's another one. This is this is kind of blurring the line between social media and work. And th- this is one that probably doesn't bother some people at all, but is just always really graded on me. It's the the people who enjoy talking about coffee and needing their coffee too much, it is just absolutely, first of all, it's not funny in any way. And then they think it's way funnier or people are way more interested in how many cups of coffee they've had or, oh boy, don't talk to me yet. Haven't had my coffee. Drives me crazy. If you ever make a post on social media that are along those lines of, Oh, you know, I have to have my fourth cup of coffee or whatever, or ones that are like, 
I have a, you know, grade A level of sarcasm. Anyone that trumps their own sarcasm, like those two people are off the list of Point Break Day friends forever. They get you muted. Automatic block. Yes. A quick mute. That's yeah, a good think, one, though. I think a lot of that is just, uh, it's just uh, somebody that doesn't either, it's just small talk filler is all it is. There's no real content to it. It's just, I don't know exactly what to say right. in this situation. I'm in this break room with you and maybe you're a VP and I'm kind of intimidated and I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to say, Hey, Ooh, I don't know about this meeting. I haven't had my ninth cup of coffee yet. You know about coffee. Remember coffee? <laughs> well, and that's, that's I all I've got. To do, I want you to do this research project for me this week in all your spare time. Just troll through Twitter. You can use the show Twitter account because we follow more libs on that account than anywhere else. <laughs> Find somebody that says something really offensive, some point of personal privilege person, anybody that just says something that you're just like, wow, like there's no way people really believe that. Then click on their Twitter bio, and somewhere in there it's going to say coffee lover. Coffee aficionado. It's going to say coffee lover, free thinker, something like that, you know promoter of truth yeah but their their coffee is going to be mentioned in there and listen i like coffee i have a cup of coffee every morning but i don't tell people about it i don't social media post about it i found a, a pet peeve that's also workplace related and similar in the fact that it's to glenn's point is probably just someone not knowing what to say but this one's not like your normal co-workers i've had to do a fair number of work conferences lately. So you're meeting oh, so people blessed. that so blessed. Yes. You're meeting people, you know, that you'll see once a year or may you maybe you've never met in person. And they get in this weird thing when you're talking to them where they're trying to f- like force some kind of common bond with you, but it's always like ridiculous. Like, one, obviously I've moved now, but guys, oh, so where are you from? I was like, oh, I'm from Dallas. He's like, oh, you like the Cowboys? And I was like, yeah. Maybe. He's like, yeah, I like the Cowboys. He's like, oh, yeah, I have one of my uncles used to have season tickets. I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Did you go to any games? No. Oh, have you ever been to Dallas? No. So your your common bond with me was your uncle... Had season tickets. The he's one of team of the city of, I live in. He's one of like the literally million people that have had season tickets to the Cowboys before. You, you know, you know how you immediately respond to that though, Dave. Like to blow the guy's mind, is you say, "Well, yeah, well, I do a podcast with a guy who has season tickets to the XFL." <laughs> and gumball. <laughs> Just see how they respond to that. Yeah, how's your uncle after that? I experience a lot of that, though, too, here is is everybody wants to just give you generic where are you from move talk, especially when they find out you're new to the area. And it's so tiresome because it's the same routine every time, you know. Oh, well, how are the kids liking it? How are they adjusting? You know, and it's just, yeah, it's just at some point I just want to start just throwing in intentional deception in there and be like, well, we're not really speaking anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, always go with that, like. I actually haven't talked to my kids since the move six months ago. Yeah. My son won't even call me dad anymore. He's so mad. What? I think that, I think there's a natural just 
wear and tear of generic conversation. Like, and I'm not talking about somebody that I might only see once every couple of weeks or a month or not even that frequently, but people in my office that I literally see every day or almost every day. And they won't have anything else to ask me about to kick off conversation other than to ask me about my knee. And like there's a guy who works it's in my like office this, like and he'll show. ask me, he'll ask me like on Thursday, how it is, how it's doing. And then he'll ask me the following Monday, the same thing. How's the knee doing? And I'm like, uh, well, it takes a year or more to recover. It's been literally 72 hours since we had this conversation. But I, I just give him the same exact answer that I gave him like two days before. That's that's your VP induced anxiety, is what that is, pal. <laughs> yeah, so, I guess that's true. One more kind of odd thing, and it doesn't really upset me, but along that path, it's just weird. So, be at the the work conference, right? And but there's also people from my office that I see literally every day, right? We see okay. each other. Five days a week, every week at the office, we go to the conference, we travel there together, then we meet at like, you know, the first night happy hour or whatever, and we all walk in and then like, hey, and they turn around and start shaking hands with me, <laughs> like the people that we would never do that in our office, but we both come out of our hotel rooms like, oh, hey, <laughs> like all official. Just, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what they say in the WWE. You go around, you say hello to everyone, you shake everyone's hand. It's a weird, weird thing. Here's one that I really hate. And this one, we're kind of just skipping all over. But this, th if I was going to have my Mount Rushmore of pet peeves, this one would be on there. Kind of ties into the work conference. Anytime you've got somebody speaking in front of a large group of people, this happens at churches. The pastor doesn't usually do this. But if somebody's guest speaking, happens at every can conference. I can I guess what this is Please. before you reveal it? Please. Is it someone who gets up to make a speech and the first thing that they say is, I just want you to know I'm not good at public speaking? No. Is it not that? No, but I've got one very similar to that that we're going to get to in a minute, but it's really okay. close to that. No. This is the person that gets up and says, good morning. And then everybody kind of says good morning. And uh. then no matter how loud you respond, they go, I, I, hey, that wasn't very good. You guys got to wake up a little bit here. Or I can't hear you. That I mean, seriously, That's that is terrible. Mount Rushmore grading for me because it doesn't matter. It's, it's just total wasted time filler because it doesn't matter if everybody in their seat got up and screamed the first time, good morning back, he's still going to say, oh, Texas, that's the best you can do. Well, Unbelievable. It's, it's, they have no idea how to start a speech no. is what it is. No, and that's why I, when I speak, and I, I'm unfortunately humbled, I speak a lot now these days. But I always try to go right into some kind of a story or some kind of a joke, just something to break the ice. But it's not just a, hey, so how's everybody doing? Oh, doesn't sound, doesn't sound like you're doing too good. Everybody not had their coffee yet this morning? You know, you could combine oh, those two together. No. Tommy just starts with, so who else stacked the Mariners last night? <laughs> I'm telling you, sometimes, sometimes now, I, I don't typically cop to gambling at work, but I, I will sometimes just, yeah. Throw in a throw in a just reference about something that happened just just to get uh just to get the thing going without having to do that whole how's everybody doing routine just ridiculous. So I have one more that's uh, actually I have two, but this one is on my Mount Rushmore and it's work workplace related mainly. It can happen other places too. And I think this is probably annoying to most people, but for me, like it tilts me 
to no end. Like, I'll be mad about it for the next 20 minutes. Elevator etiquette and people that try to get on the elevator before the people on have got off. Have you ever wanted to just punch somebody right in the face when they do that? Yes. Just just like, don't even see it coming. They get the women's right. (laughs) (laughs) It's the worst. Now, That's you... the same person that immediately stands up on the airplane when you land, even yes. if they're in row 31. Now, are you, are you a guy right. that will allow the lady to depart the elevator first when the doors open, or do you just yes. go straight out? Oh, absolutely. No, okay. I, I do the motion, the hand yeah. out. Like, you go first. Unless it's the, like the completely real tight packed shirt on elevator. And you just kind of <laughs> yeah. flex as you're doing it. Of course. Well, Unless it's completely packed and you're the person with like your nose right against the door. Yeah. Then when it opens, yeah. you do the walk out. If it's your floor, you just get off. But if <laughs> it's not your floor, you do the step out and you hold the door for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're I, a good Glenn, guy. Glenn's elevator etiquette impeccable. I had a very wise. I agree with you very, on all of those. A very wise old man. He was a he was an attorney actually during the Ebola crisis of 2014, and he told me if there's Five people are less on the elevator. You always let the lady out first. If there's more than five and you're close to the door, you need to get the F off the elevator. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I said, yes, sir. Yeah. Because I was standing at the front of the elevator trying to let people out, and it was creating a big commotion. And he pulled me aside, and he said, son, there's more than six people on the elevator, and you're by the door. Get the F off the elevator. (laughs) I like it. So, so this, Glenn, this is, since you kind of touched on this one, this is, this is the other one. And this is the, I think it's a characteristic of the extremely self-involved but overly humble public speaker. But anytime, anytime you have a public speaker that, that has a high opinion of themselves, but then they tell the audience, hey, I'm actually a really big introvert. It's, it's tough for me to get up here and speak. That, is, that just sets me off to no end. Because you know these people that travel around the country make their living giving public speaking, they, they get some kind of a charge out of it. But they make, it, make you feel like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge introvert. It takes everything I can to get up here and speak to you guys. Oh, even though I do this 300 days a year and make yeah, yeah tons of money as a keynote speaker, I just want you to know this is really tough for me. Like even though they're huge. making like $10,000 yeah. while they're talking to you. This, the, and this is, a big, this is a big conference red flag these days. You go to these conferences and they bring up these industry experts that you look up and they they're speaking you know multiple times a month and they tell you like yeah i'm 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 actually a huge introvert i this is really hard for me to do can we uh i just start making the rolling dice motion from the crowd (laughs) (laughs) can we pivot to sports really quick oh i'd love yes so i think my biggest ones here come from uh being around well, it could be anywhere it could be at a sports bar it could just be at somebody's house it's usually watching sports with someone you don't normally watch sports with so that's either a distant family member or maybe you're at a friend's house and they've got a friend there you don't know who might not watch sports very often tend to be maybe a little older than we are but um any comment that about it being a kid's game. Like, I can't believe. How much does this guy make a year? Oh, he makes $15 million a year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the guy makes $15 million a year playing a kid's game. There's seven-year-olds out there playing this game. How is he making that much money? 
mean, the overemphasis on hustle yes. also <laughs> annoys me. And I think that's so, that's just veiled racism, if we were going to be honest. <laughs> well, that's that's just a buzzword for a, for a closet racist to comment about sports. Let's be honest. I think it's also it's like the. Uh, $18 million a year baseball player hits a very routine grounder to shortstop. In the major leagues, a guy who 99.99% of the time is going to field it and throw it perfectly to first base, and they just kind of three-quarter trot it to first. What are they doing? My kid plays high school, and he runs to first every time. Well, yeah, probably because your kid and the shortstop he's hitting it to both suck. And that's why he hustles, because there's going to be some kind of potential payoff. Yeah, in the uh, Huffines Park Rec League, you're running out that grounder, because there's a real good chance they're not making the play. Yeah, but otherwise, in the real world of sports, you're not... Let me risk a hamstring injury that'll lay me up for a month, just so I can sprint out this routine grounder. I like that one. So that's my two. And just in general, just the complain, the complaints about how much the athletes earn, but not taking into account the total revenue of the league, perhaps the collective bargaining agreement that, I don't know, people who are extremely intelligent put together. It's not <laughs> like they're just pulling these numbers out of a yeah. hat. Or the fact that like, they're doing a job that there's literally only a couple hundred people in the whole world able to do. And they yeah. think they should not be paid a premium for that. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah, but a good uh, one good way to kind of defeat that is typically those that want to make those comments and be like, well, I can't believe they make so much money. More money should be should go to teachers and more money should go to this profession or these people. And I'm like, hey, I'm not really a big fan of socialism. I really never had a, a thought that you were either. Well, I'm not for that. We don't. Well, yeah. it's exactly what you're doing right now. I uh, I did this play with uh, some older members of uh, an extended family, and that was the uh, basically started with the comment on what some athlete gets paid and how it's too much for you know what they do. And I just thought, well, you know. It's about on par with teachers. And they're like, no, no, teachers is like, I don't think you're right. I think I think they're about the same. And then you just play real dumb. Then you just gaslight it from there. Just no matter yeah. what they say, you're like, no, I don't agree. I don't think so. Here's a sports um, one for me. And and Dave, I know Dave's gonna Dave's gonna wanna be fully docked after this one because he's experienced this with me. And this transcends I started to write this about a specific sport, and then I realized the three the three sports slash competitive activities, I agree, this person actually exists in all of them. And I don't know what the right name is. I called it the, the, um, just the sports douchebag. And I know that's not really the right term. But here's, here's the calling card of the sports D-bag. In poker, it's the guy that tries to talk and knows the name of every dealer. And he wants you to know that he's the resident <laughs> pro because he knows all the dealers by the first name. But then when I started yep. thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? It happens in softball, too. The flat-billed hat camo jersey guy, he knows all the umpires by name. And he wants yep. to make sure you know that he knows all the umpires by name when you're out there. So as he's talking, he's like, well, hey, Rick, get your car fixed. Because he wants you to know he plays so much softball that he's on a first-name <laughs> basis with all the umps. And it also happens in golf. So you got the, the, the golf D-bags in the clubhouse, and he's addressing everybody by their first name. He knows the starter by his name. So this is this is a, a phenomenon that transcends all sports, but it's basically the it's basically the 
poor man's pro that thinks they're the best at whatever sport it is, and they're and they're and they're so insecure about their place in the world that they have to constantly be making sure everybody else around them knows that they are one a local and two at the top of their game, even though they're not. And in one of the most miserable things in the world is to get stuck at a poker table with a guy like this, where you can't move seats, and you have yep. to sit there and listen to them incessantly for hours and hours trying to show you one their knowledge of the game and two their knowledge of the local layout by uh their addressing of the staff and floor personnel unbelievable i'm on board with that so i have a a quick grab bag of of gym pet peeves guys ready for this i'm I'm just gonna try to mark how many of these i'm guilty of One is the dude curling in the squat rack. I did that today. <laughs> That's a bad one. But, hey, I was doing other exercises at the same time, so I didn't want to have to leave. Is that do I get okay, an exemption? You, you get a pass. There. Okay, you get a pass. But what if the other exercises were also exercises you weren't supposed to be doing in the squat rack? <laughs> you don't get a pass. So, like our squat rack has the bar across the top, so I would like do a set of pull-ups and then a set of curls with this with the bar. Is that okay? No, okay. it's not okay. All right, well, then I'm, I'm over. Uh, other one is, and this kind of goes along with that, but basically the guy that, and let me preface this by, I'm a fan of the uh, the drop set, right? So kind of lower in weight, do a set, lower weight immediately, you know, kind of go down the pyramid. Easy to do on any type of machine, but the guy who's going to get like six sets of dumbbells out all gathered around <laughs> one bench, you know, he's, and if the, if you're there, like I went the morning of July 4th and it was me and one other guy in the so gym. You must hate America. You, yes. know, you know that our freedom wasn't free, right? We didn't die <laughs> in wars so that you could go to the gym and disrespect July 4th. Do you think if Thomas Jefferson was spending an hour doing flat flies that we would have ever gotten our freedom from the dirty British? You think when John Hancock was signing the Declaration of Independence that he was worried about you doing a drop set? You think that was on his mind? The point I was trying to make is if you're at the gym at a time when there's no one else there, have at it. Get four benches and eight sets of dumbbells and build your little fort or whatever you're doing. But when there's people around, you can't do that kind of mess. Quick add on to that story, because I was at the gym the other day and there weren't many people over there. So I was doing a, a drop set, but I was doing uh, like single arm dumbbell rows. So this guy walks over and the, I swear to you, this is true. And I kind of like see him walking over because there's no one around. And he kind of walks over to the the racks with all the dumbbells and i'm kind of feeling bad because the area he's going to is where i have like one dumbbell of like three different sets and he walks over and he's kind of looking and then he grabs one and i i'm feeling bad he turns around (laughs) the dude had one arm oh no i was like hey perfect match we're good wow (laughs) wow so was that one arm just jacked (laughs) Yeah, it's huge. That's a pet peeve of mine. Just people with one arm. Just, <laughs> just really don't like that. Let's do something about that, America. 
when <laughs> when the Apostle Paul and Elias signed the Bill of Rights, it was for everyone to have two arms. Oh goodness! Do you have any All more right. any more in your gym grab bag? The only only other one was, look, you're gonna go to the gym, you're gonna sweat. That's part of it. Not me, but dude. There's some there's some people there that like. Either they haven't washed their gym clothes in like a week or put on clean gym clothes and put on some deodorant. It doesn't have to be antiperspirant if you think that's bad, but just put on something that doesn't smell bad when you start sweating everywhere. Mm-hmm. Why did you just raise a flag while you were saying that? <laughs> I did not do anything of the sort. what that means. I want to transition us to the restaurant realm. Ooh, I got one here. So here's one. If you go to a nice restaurant, which I do from time to time, but I'm not a wine drinker. I don't like wine. I don't like the taste. I don't enjoy it. When you, when you tell that waiter that the wine glasses will not be necessary and they immediately turn against you, it's a <laughs> huge pet peeve of mine. In fact, I will. I am a generous tipper in these situations. I usually do right by the service staff, but when the waiter turns against you and they realize they're not going to upsell you the bottle of wine, that just drives me crazy. And I and I will reward the waiter that doesn't that doesn't get thrown off by it. Well, so if you're out there in the wait staff community and I come into your restaurant or onto your restaurant, <laughs> if you arrive, yes, as it were. They don't uh, turn against you at the Olive Garden because when you're there, you're family. But that is like the first thing because I make an Olive Garden trip probably once a year just to make sure they're doing still okay. Make sure those breadsticks are still unlimited. Yep, and have the tour of Italy, take the full tour, and the first thing, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm Braden. I'm going to be your waiter tonight. Uh, yeah, these glasses, we won't need those. Breadstick. Bring me breadstick. <laughs> you well, can just see the defeat in their eyes, especially at some of these nicer steak restaurants. As soon as you tell them the wine glasses aren't needed, it's just like their whole their whole day's just been ruined, and they're going to take it out on you. It's awful. Yeah, you're fo- you're following it up with yeah. We'll just have water. Yeah. So we're <laughs> going to share an appetizer and uh, water, please. Maybe this goes to show the uh, difference in the. <clears throat> The status of Tommy and I, but mine did not have to deal with wine. Mine dealt with restaurants and soft drinks. Okay. I don't like the fact that several restaurants you go to, you'll order a Diet Coke, and they're like, no, we have Pepsi. Listen, you have have Budweiser... You have Coors, you have Miller Lite. We can have multiple types of brands together. Unless it's like a KFC or Pizza Hut, which I think are owned by Pepsi. Everyone else should have both. Man, that is a tough one. I think some of it's determined by the area and the region, too. I I don't have a... I like both, and and it doesn't phase me one way or the other. I, I can interchange those two with no problem. I can live with either one of those, but I will not drink a Mr. Pibb. <laughs> will not happen. Yeah. I'm borderline getting up and walking out. If somebody <laughs> tries to throw that out as a DP replacement. 
<laughs> oh, I literally just laugh in their face, and I'm like, no, that's not going to work. I believe that was revealed on the uh, episode where Glenn said he'll never go back to Chipotle. He walked out, and, and all they had was Mr. Pimp. That was very, very disappointing. But some reason, I think maybe because Pepsi's headquarters are in Denver or in Colorado somewhere. I know when I've visited there, everywhere you go, it's just Pepsi. Pepsi only. Pepsi products only. I love Pepsi. It's trash. Pepsi's a great product. Eh, it's, it's a product. I like to drink my little <laughs> tiny eight-ounce cans of Pepsi every day. I, I do. I have no idea. I mean, uh, What? I have no doubt. I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's true. Another food item for me, this one's probably more, happens more at home than at restaurants, but it can happen anywhere. And this is this is something that nobody likes, but this would also be in my Mount Rushmore. Somebody that when they're, when they're cutting their food is scraping the utensil against the plate, like it bothers me to a degree that's probably well above what the normal person would deal with. Like it, I can't, I can't handle it. There's some certain offenders that will visit our home occasionally that may or may not be related to another person in this family <laughs> that I've actually had to insist that we just go to paper plates when they're there because I can't handle it. It's that bad. <laughs> wow. And the, and the best part is when somebody's really an offender of that, they don't, it doesn't bother them at all. Like They don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah, it's just normal. No, it's just, it's just what they do. It's, they don't yeah. even know. Drives me crazy. Wow. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think I have anything food related. I have one last food one. Okay. The unsolicited nutrition advice. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. The person it's it happens mainly at work, but the person that comes up and's like, "Oh, there's a lot of sodium in that," or there's, and I feel like. It's also unwarranted because it's usually directed at people like, uh, I would say people like the three of us. You know, if it's Maud that's 600 pounds, she's not getting criticized. Yeah. You know, it's like, yes. listen, I work out six to seven times a week so Whoa. I can eat this. That's, like, leave me alone if much. I want to eat queso. <laughs> yeah, that is the barometer is if the person that's giving me the advice I feel like is in better physical shape or health than I am, I'm listening. If they're not, it's they better be a pretty close friend. Glenn's problem there is there's no one around that's in better physical condition, so... <laughs> He just never has to take anyone's advice. Well, it's because he hadn't been hanging out with Finn Balor too much. But if Finn Balor <laughs> came in and told him something had a little too much sodium, he'd perk up. Did you know that uh, I read something about Finn Balor's workouts recently? And surprisingly, he pointed out that he does literally zero cardio exercise whatsoever. Really? Yeah. I mean, he does weight training, and he's super into like a very strict, specific diet. But he's people assume because he's just lean and cut up just everywhere that he's just cardioing all the time. He's like, I don't do anything. Now I'm sure wrestling itself yeah, wrestling is a lot is of cardio, cardio. But you have to yeah. be in pretty good cardio shape to do that activity or you'll get blown up. But he's not he sprinting, swimming, or anything pounds. like that. 
got a couple health-related ones. Um, this is one, and I don't know why this happens to me, but it happens at least, maybe you guys can Blue tell me. Bluetooth will fix that. Yeah, happens to most guys. When somebody in public, it usually happens at work, will we'll ask you like, hey, you feeling all right? I hate hmm. that. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm a borderline hypochondriac as it is. And then when they say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not all right. Like, what if I'm, what if something is wrong? Like, what's going on? But I don't know why people do that. I've or never if, got that one. Or if you feel perfectly fine, but then you're just in a conversation, they're like, oh man, are you, are you sick? Yeah. Yeah. Is you some, cold or something? Yeah. Some version of that. Like, and I'm like, no, I'm like, I feel great. I had a full, you know, eight hours of sleep. I worked out this morning and now you're asking me if I'm okay. I can't handle that. Yeah, I'm just like, you You sound stuffed up. You sound like you have a cold. I'm like, this is my normal voice. This is what I sound like literally every single day. And this is my this is my uh, other health-related one. And this would be, so if there was a Mount Rushmore, this would be the biggest one. This would be the one that was standing on top of all the other figureheads. It's when you go to work or church or wherever, and somebody's just clearly sick. And they're they're coughing and they're blowing their nose and they sound terrible and then you're like, hey, everything all right? And they're like, oh no, it's fine. It's just allergies. It's no big deal. Mm. Everybody oh. else in my family's sick at home with a fever, but it's just it's mine's just allergies. I'm fine. That that That's is my ultimate pet peeve because it feels like no matter no matter what situation I find myself in, I'm always either on a plane or in a big meeting. I'm always seated next to the person that's hacking up a lung. And they always have to let me know, hey, don't worry about it. It's not contagious. It's just allergies. It's not allergies. Or they allergies. might have a little bit of a Coke habit. <laughs> Either way, one of those is contagious. One of them, I don't think it is. I think Probably you have not. to actually try it once before it becomes contagious. I don't have very many more. I had the uh, over-aggressive salesperson oh gosh mm. I, I hate salespeople and they're getting bad like the corporate salespeople are getting ridiculous like my my experience is with roofing companies oh, the man. ones that just show up at your door or call you on the phone and they're basically like yeah we just want to come out and uh take a look at it did you know did you know you had a bad storm in your area i'm like yeah <laughs> i live there i remember i remember <laughs> tuesday and did you know that as a result of that, there was this much hail and there was this whatever, and we need to take a look at it? And I'm kind of like, yeah, um, I think I'm all right. Or uh, I've got a guy. I'll have him look at it. But they don't – nobody just says, okay, well, I just wanted to check, and if you need it, here's our number, or we'll be in the area. They, like, just keep pressing on. So I, the best thing I like to do when I'm in the mood to, to, to do this is just to play completely dumb and just have them explain everything. <laughs> Like, what do you mean? Like, how would hail hurt my roof? What do you like, mean roof? <laughs> Roofs last forever. Like, yeah. Like, can it really be damaged? Yeah. They, they actually oh, yeah. Them? And then just have them run through the whole spiel, and then at the end be like, yeah, I think I'm okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, like, I don't think I need anything. Man, it, it hails here quite a bit. Like, if that was true, I would have seen other people have their roofs replaced. and I've never seen that. <laughs> Dave, do you get hounded? I, I, I blame LinkedIn for this, but do you get hounded by cold call salespeople at work? Yeah, and it's, you know, what else is bad is after conferences when your number gets out oh, to yeah. people in the same no, industry. I, yep, yep. No, I just recently attended one, and 
But it, it's so bad because they figure out, I guess, whatever the, you know, s- structure of the corporate email address is. So it's very easy for them to guess. Mm-hmm. And then they then they find your phone number out, or they call the front desk and get your phone number. And it is just I I don't I've gotten to where I do not answer my desk phone at work ever because it's almost always somebody trying to sell something. Yeah, they need to. Uh, I feel like we may need to uh, get away from the standard corporate email addresses where it's always like first initial last name or like we just need to go. Wide open, whatever you want, ricochet 14 inches at, you know, company.com. Yeah, go for it. And that's actually, I wonder if there's any, I'm sure there is, but I wonder if there's any really large organizations that give the employee autonomy to just make up their own flare, piece of flair for their email address. So this isn't completely on point with that, but yesterday I happened to travel to the Austin area for a uh, for a meeting. Thanks for the call. Yeah, you could have hung out. You didn't see You're me welcome. while you were there, I guess. So I know I had to drive in, go to meeting, and immediately drive back home. But as is uh, what I would expect in Austin. First, I get into the the conference room, and they're setting up, you know, all the various electronic functions for the meeting, for a WebEx and whatnot, and the IT guy. They said the company we were going to meet with, they said, we're very casual. Don't wear a jacket. Don't wear a tie. It's very casual here. Jeans are even okay. I didn't wear jeans because I'm like, I don't feel that comfortable coming in from the outside, sporting the jeans. But uh, so I wore shorts. (laughs) I wore basketball shorts and a tank top. No, but I walk in and sit down. And the guy who's doing all the IT stuff, he has some Dickies shorts on. Like a button-down short-sleeve shirt that the it's open with like a t-shirt underneath. He's going with that look, the Jack Black and look, he, and he's got like the shaved with like a one on the sides and a mohawk. And I'm like, I am definitely in Austin. And then the other thing, which I don't think this is Austin specific, it was just one of the other first things I I noticed when I walked in, like the company has like an electronic uh, bulletin board that shows people that recently had a birthday, maybe they were recently hired, promoted, or just things that have happened with their family of employees. And so it goes through a few of these and then it gets to it gets to some guys had a kid and some guys done this and then oh there's the engagement of of Mary to Sarah. And I'm like, all right, that's that's awesome. But I don't feel like I would see that in Dallas. I feel like I see that in Austin. I don't think I'm seeing it 200 miles to the north. Yeah. That's, so congrats. That's Austin. Congrats to, yeah, to Mary and congrats Sarah. Congrats to the happy couple. And I'm also in Austin. I'm sure they uh, moved into a nice six-person tent under one overpass somewhere. Because <laughs> that's what everybody's doing. That's what everyone's the doing. The only reason we're doing this. And in the same meeting, to harken back to a story from a long time ago, I couldn't remember all the details of the infamous salad <laughs> during the business meeting with oh, Tommy. Yes. Oh, I, yes. But that's why I had to leave. Order. That's why I had to leave the company because of that salad. We ordered lunch was ordered in, and this guy sitting across from me got a salad. And this wasn't con- consistent with your story, I don't believe. He could not get like the plastic <laughs> container open. You know, it's just got that one little flap in the corner. And it's sealed tight, 
you know, just to make keep it fresh or whatever. But if you pop that thing off too hard, <laughs> Sal is just going everywhere, and he was just struggling like nothing else to get this thing open, but not have it just explode right in his lap. The salad that yeah, is. Yeah, that can happen. <laughs> and I, I was just doing everything I could not to bust out laughing during the during the whole deal. So I've got one more on my list. Are, are you guys almost out? No, you close it out. And then we we have we've got emails okay. as well. Okay, good. Well, this is this is my last one, and it's personal mission statement slash inspirational quote guy or girl. That's a good one. This is a big one for me. In, first of all, if you have a quote in your email signature, you just need you just need to um, go away. Like that's it. Just. Go ahead and uh, get the lemon wedge. <laughs> hey, man, just just be the change you want to make in the world. There's people, and I'm that have offices in close proximity to mine that every square inch of it's covered by some inspirational or motivational quote. My my theory is now, Glenn, 127 episodes ago, made his bold claim that the uh, running was the athletic endeavor of the unathletic. I think the <laughs> inspirational quote is the academic achievement of the really, really stupid person. <laughs> I think, I think that somebody that relies heavily on quotes and inspirational quotes is of lower IQ than the normal person. That's, that's my position statement. Also a common with that person is the, well, there's a quote that I really like. Yeah. And oh, then into man. it, you're just like, Care. So I, I had a boss at my previous job that had... Did Mitch Hedberg say it? Because if not, I don't care. <laughs> I had a boss at my previous job that had a custom set of yellow legal pads that he could take notes on that had his personal motto at the bottom of it. Uh, Innovate, inspire, engage. Every single man. one of them. And then dash his name. Wow. And then That's... my closing point about that is, so I'm I'm about to enter a um, about to enter a leadership training. It's about time. Yeah, program at my work. It's nine months. It's quite intensive. They um, they put you through the ringer. You get public speaking training, which is going to be great for the podcast. They <laughs> teach you table manners, etiquette. They put you with a personal like image consultant that helps helps you dress better. Well, I have to fill out some lengthy paperwork to get this program started. It starts next month. And one of the things it asks you is, please provide a leadership quote that's inspired you. And as I'm filling out the <sighs> online form, it's got the little red asterisks by it to show it's a required field. So I just put the little um, period in there so I could skip it and just go to the next <laughs> one. Left it blank. Did you use the uh, Marshawn Lynch, I'm only doing this, or I'm only here so I won't get fined? <laughs> No, I actually was thinking for a little bit of like, would it be pretty funny? I figured at, at the end of the day, I'm not going to put anything there because I'm not going to sell out and say like, yeah, you know, here's some quote by Gandhi that really inspired me. Like, I'm not doing that. So my only two options are either leave it blank or do a total bit. And like, I was literally thinking about putting in there, you know, WWE stands for, <laughs> or who wants to walk with Elias or... Let me in, dash the fiend. Yes. 
if you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. No, that that is that would be a great one right there. I think you could actually get away with that. Yeah. So if, it, if I, anybody wants to no, get that, no, that's gender engraved. specific. They'd throw them out. Oh, good point. Yeah, we're Do you a want very, to be the person. We're a very, we're in a very inclusive organization these days. There, we we are we are very cognizant of pronouns right now. So we're we're very careful about that. Very nice. Uh, oh, emails. Yeah. All right. Let's do that, and then we will quickly tackle uh, Week One NFL uh, from a DraftKings perspective. See what you did there. <laughs> okay. Uh, first email, Mike Hernandez. Don't know him. He says the one thing pet peeves is the title. The one thing he can't stand to a flaw is hearing people chew. Oh, I mm-hmm. thought he was going to say Chew- women that falsely report. <laughs> That's what he privately told me several times. That they make up accusations. Hearing people chew drives him absolutely insane. The, he, and he and my wife have this in common because I was asking her what hers were, and that was the very first one she said. Hearing people chew. I, I feel like that's, I'm going to assume number one within that list is people that smack their food. Yeah, and I think that's Chew with their mouth is. open. Because if you're doing it properly, you really can't hear it. Unless you have a severe case of TMJ and it's just <laughs> a grind factory yeah. in your jaw. Or maybe a case of TMS. You never know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that one. Uh, chase, he says he's looking forward for to bringing you back. Coming up in a few weeks. But. The, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, the weekly uh, fantasy picks, which oh, I yes. think he, I think he participated in some of our. He was uh, one of the few little, that yeah won won some money with our advice too. Yeah, and he he went head to head against us. I think he and KJ were the only listeners who were brave enough. Yeah. To take us on. But if you want to send your DraftKings username to the show email address, we can get you entered in the private show contest. Absolutely. And you can I lose think, money I don't think, to Point Break Dave like everyone else did last year. <laughs> I don't think Mike ever beat us. I know KJ did one or two times and then bragged about it. But I feel like he Smart. has kind of a natural advantage. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even have to try. Oh, okay. Stop the show. Stop oh, the show. Okay. My son had baseball tryouts last week. There's these kids that are up there. They they're, they're have to all run through taking three swings from this pitcher. And there's a bunch of kids up there, and nobody's hitting it out of the infield, hitting it past the pitcher. Well, then a guy that KJ would probably support, maybe somebody that he would be rooting for. Like if it was NASCAR, he would definitely be driving the 43. <laughs> he rolls up there. He's never played baseball before. He stands on the plate. Like has his hands backward on the bat. They have to stop the tryout and they go, the coach like grabs him and is like, no, put your feet here, switches his hands around, right on top, left on bottom, goes back to the mound, pitches the guy a ball, he hits it off the fence. First swing he's ever <laughs> taken. I rest my case. <laughs> and then the last thing Mike says, he wants to bring back Tommy's music minute. Which I think we're a year out from having that. Yeah, but Mike understands that he and I, we've, we've talked about this. We have, we have good taste in music. I'm happy to do that. A lot of artists that I like have new, music, new material out. We could do this. And he, he ends with your favorite Mexican. 
Mike Mike Hernandez. That's right. And I think that's, hashtag CAB. I think that's uh, I think that's accurate. Did I? I tweeted you guys, but we haven't talked about it. Did you see that I started watching Friday Night Lights again? Oh no, you did. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm only like two, two episodes in, but I've. It reeled me back in. How's Smash Williams doing? Man, he is not a very likable character by episode two. He grows. But on I think you. I'll I think I'll come around on he him. He grows on you. All right, Justin also sent us an email. Uh, let's see. Well, this is uh, ironic. So he says, "Glad to see you've returned to the podcast world. Very curious to hear who was late to the podcast tonight." <laughs> huh. It was Glenn, and it was an hour. So we get that out of the way. Not an hour. Uh, here are a few pet peeves. He comes out just <laughs> firing away. Podcasts that claim to, claim to be gambling and wrestling podcasts, but talk about wrestling ninety percent of the time. <laughs> uh, HOAs and just about everything that they that they do. Boy, I'd love to have t- Justin on as a guest because I've got some stories in that front, boy. So yeah, I think that's more your avenue because I don't. He di- kind of directed it at me, but we don't have an HOA here. Oh boy, so, I do, and they're not happy about too. my satellite dish getting installed without the proper permit. So oh man, that's hey, you guys want a quick break for a. What's going on in Austin? Okay. Moved. I don't know if you guys are like me, but this is obviously, you know, we moved to a much larger home. I wouldn't say that. And there's a few things that, you know, you got you got two AC units. You got all the landscape lighting out that comes on at night. Oh, my there's, gosh. Oh my it's so rich. Two AC units? How rich is Point Break, Dave? There's some things that are eating up some electricity. Let's just put it that way. So, the, uh, like, city of Austin, like, you can't, like, check your usage, at least not for the first month. So, I'm kind of rolling blind, right? And I get that first bill. (laughs) You you want to take a guess? (laughs) $470. Yeah, it should be probably between... 400 and 500, I'm guessing. 680. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. That's like the entire summer it's for like me. His, his electricity bill is more than the rent on the apartment I lived in when I first started working. Like, so now I'm like, how well is he doing? When I leave for work, it's usually after my wife and has taken the kids. And I'm just like the, uh, where that old game Qbert? I'm like the anti Qbert, just going around turning lights <laughs> off. Like, <laughs> I can't I can't deal with it. <laughs> okay, let's jump back into the email. I think this is a good one uh, from Justin. People at work that don't practice proper screen etiquette in the cubicle area. Now, he mentions that we as high-level executives probably don't have to go back a decade or more to really uh, recall this, but when you're sitting at your desk in your cube and you're looking at something on your monitor – and all of a sudden, somebody is clearly just kind of looking over your shoulder or from across the way and being like, oh, that looks nice. Hey, it looks like you're shopping for shoes. Like so. Or basically Bra- just announcing again, to huh? everyone that you're not working, that, yeah, you're, why are you playing five Mariners tonight? <laughs> you're going up against Chris Sale. That doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm with him there. I'm with him. Even if people can see, like, let's all go under the guise 
Let's keep up the facade that we're all doing our own thing over here. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next one is traffic related. I think we're going to skip that one. And then the next one is sports related. That has to do with the Aggies. Um, I don't know. Aggies are idiots, so we're going to skip that one too. Wow. Sorry, Justin. Apparently, well, he's not. Apparently, he's not an Aggie. Apparently, though. Glenn's pet peeve is write better emails, and he may read them. Yeah. Uh, he said we'll end it at there. There'll probably be some backhanded compliment about the length of the email, which I think we just covered that. <laughs> um, yeah, and and he he's looking forward to joining me and cheering on our alma mater this Saturday night against LSU. So, are you going to be in town? I'm going to be in town in Dallas. I will not be oh. Austin way. But Game day is going to be here, bud. I know that. But uh, 6.30 Saturday night, Justin and I will be will be sports docked on the Fair Longhorns. Enough. That's all for email. Now let's, uh, let's talk NFL week one real, real quickly from a DraftKings perspective. Now, Dave, you've already mentioned you're going to be very heavy and heavily involved in entries this week. I'm, I'm going to have probably more in play than I've ever had before. Is there any, whether it's individuals or teams that you're really targeting, or are you just all over the place? No, I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of research on scoring correlations, Whoa, all that. that. Fancy. You know, it's basically just, stacking right like what what players will correlate if you know the qb scores and what i've found here's a tip for you is if you look at the top 0.1 percent of people in tournaments last year right so we're not looking at just the guy that won but the tippy top the most optimal way to play because everyone does the quarterback wide receiver stack but then people tend to shy away from anyone else on that team because they think, right, well, if this so goes many, right. Yeah, there's only so many points to go around. Yes. In today's NFL, where <laughs> running backs are pass catchers, the actual optimal stack is a quarterback, one ride receiver, and then one other pass catcher. So either a receiver, tight end, or a running back. Okay. And you have three in the stack from that team. Okay. So I'm basically running a whole bunch of different lineups with that stack. Just okay. Dak, Dak, Zeke, and Amari a million times. Well, you know, when I'm not playing luck. Yeah. <laughs> That's a given. So you're just running through not every team, but a large amount of teams with that type of yeah. stack plan idea in place. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Are you playing? Uh, are we just doing tournaments? Or are you yeah, in we're, any cash we're games? Doing, we're doing all all tournaments, trying to focus on like the uh, the three max and the twenty max. Okay. But I'll I'll have I'll have four bills in play this week. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Man, get ready. <laughs> Whoa. Um. So we've covered that before. You know, when we're talking playing. You know, tournament entries, you're going for very like boom and bust type stuff. So you're stacking up teams, knowing that 
if they're projected to score 24, 28 points and they end up scoring 10, you're just hosed. Right. Yeah. You don't need to even check the updates. You're, you're done. And then cash games are games where you, you're usually just looking to be better than half the field. So you're looking at more safe plays guys with what they say is a higher floor, if you will. Um, I'm probably going to play kind of a, a mix of both. I won't have four figures involved. It'll be three because I think I'm just I'm limiting myself to going to be right at the one hundo every every Sunday is what I'm going to look at. But um, yeah, so I was looking at a few things. I always like to pick one or two games, kind of not completely at random. They have some thought into it, but just stack those games just in case you get lucky and you get the game that's like the 45 to 41 game. So I was looking at Detroit and Arizona. And then I just have a feeling about Buffalo and the Jets and that nobody will have anybody from those teams than like Le'Veon Bell because those teams suck. But sometimes it just happens. Just unexpectedly, yeah, and they put up about have, 60 points they combined. They also have bad defenses, so... True. Why not capitalize? So, um, other than that, one of the thing that I jotted down is uh, Carolina and the Rams. That should be a pretty high-scoring game. But Carolina is a very easy team to not even think about it and just stack up exactly what Dave just said. Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, and DJ Moore their receiver and you get the quarterback running back and wide receiver and then build something else around it. But that's an easy stack. You don't have to even think about who you're going to play because if it goes anything like last season, those three combined, it's just an unbelievable percentage of their overall touches during the course of the season. It's something like 80% or something like that, that at least one of those guys was involved and, you know, a play that resulted in yardage. So um, but I did have, uh, a couple lineups that I put together if I may share them very quickly. Okay. Go for it. So let's look at this. This is, this would be like a cash lineup. You would play this. I'm going to put everything in some sort of tournament, even if it's just like a $1 one, but I put together this cash lineup. This is more like I'm putting this in entries where I've just got to beat half the people. Don't have to beat like 70, 80% of them. So uh, really big on Carson Wentz. Yeah, I've got, I've got him in every one I've built so far. Yeah, I think that's a very just safe play. I don't think he's just going to go like off the charts, five, six, seven touchdowns or anything like that. But I think it's I think now you're going to get at least a couple for tees, 5, maybe three. He's gonna, for 5,700, he's going to get you some big value. And I took Philly in a Survivor League, so go uh, go Eagles. <laughs> See, there you go. Um, so we've got Wentz at quarterback. First running back is Dalvin Cook with the Vikings, who's underpriced this week for how much he's going to get used. And I might have him not in 100% of lineups, but probably in like 80%, 90% of what I'm putting together because I think that's just – it's just an easy choice for this week until next week. After he rushes for 100 yards and has yeah. a touchdown this week, they're going to price him up about 1500 bucks. And Atlanta's defense is not great against the run. They were the worst in the league last year. Oh, wow. And what I don't that? know that they really did anything this year to, to amp that up. They haven't blue-chewed their defensive tackles. <laughs> hey, 
They got to get in the chew world order. So I'm going with more of the mid-priced running backs here. So Chris Carson with the Seahawks, just a guy that's going to get a lot of carries. Um, at receiver, went ahead and just went at the top of the list, Odell Beckham Jr. He's going to uh, light it up, man. This is going to be their year, 16-0. and 0. That's right. Uh, after him, Adam Thielen, very reliable, but Stephon Diggs is also battling a hamstring issue, so Thielen might be getting – that offense literally might be Cousins either handing off to Cook, throwing to Cook, or throwing to Thielen like almost every single play. Yeah, 50 times a game. Uh, cheap receiver, D.D. Westbrook. He's priced at like 4800 but he's the number one guy in Jacksonville. They've got footlong foals at quarterback now. They're going to be in a high-scoring game with the Chiefs, so they're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, tight end, Hunter Henry with the Chargers is really cheap this week. Man, we've I'm got, a, we've got real, a lot of overlap here. Yeah, I'm not real big on paying up for tight end. I'm usually looking for the cheap option that I can get 50 yards, and you might get that touchdown to kind of triple or quadruple your, you know, your value there based on price. Um, at the flex, I'm staying within the Chargers and going Austin Eckler. And give me the Browns defense. Hey, now. Like, against the Titans. I like it. So that's a cash lineup. Tournament lineup that I put together. Now, this is a little more boomer bust stuff. Um, Lamar Jackson at quarterback. It's already he busted. Might... Go ahead. I just said it's already busted. I'm out. Uh, okay. He doesn't, uh, read, he doesn't read the playbook. I don't know what to tell you. Cook at one of the running backs, as well as Le'Veon Bell, who's really cheap this week. Yeah, but he hadn't, he hadn't played, played in a year. year. But I, I feel like I feel like there's value there. Well, he's priced in a real weird, like the highest priced running backs are 9,000, 8,500, 8,800. He's like at 71, but the, like the cheap ones people are using are all around 6,000. Yeah, so he's kind of in that, in, in the middle. Are you willing to take the risk? Yeah, range. or are you going to spend that extra six that six hundred dollars on some receiver? So, um, I got Lamar Jackson with Le'Veon Bell and, and uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, receivers not paying up for receiver in this tournament lineup. So we got DJ Moore from the Panthers, uh, Robert Woods from the Rams. Thinking kind of correlation there. It's a game that's going up and down, back and forth. Um, a guy on the Chiefs, I can't even remember what what his first name is, but his last name is Hardman. But he's really cheap. He's like the third or fourth receiver. So he, see, that's somebody that embraces Blue Chew. So. There you go. But he's really cheap. He's like the third or fourth receiver on that team. But Mahomes will throw to anybody. And all I'm thinking here is really cheap. Maybe he ends up with like two catches, but one of them's for 40 or 50 yards. And that's really all I'm looking for here. Um. Big fan of Evan Ingram this weekend against the Cowboys. They didn't cover the tight end very well last year. Um, at the flex, I've got Leonard Fournette from the Jaguars. And we'll go top end on defense in this lineup and go with the Ravens against the very terrible, possibly worst team in the league, Dolphins. So there you go. Feel free to fire away with those. I guarantee that you have to pay an entry when you use these lineups. <laughs> it won't guarantee anything beyond that. And see us, uh, 
send a, send an email to the show uh, inbox. Uh, what what is it? Where to turn pod at gmail dot com. Yeah, and we will we will add you to we'll our uh, DraftKings private league that'll be kicking off this Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I will, if I remember to do so, before Sunday, I'll I'll post one or both of those lineups as what we what I just talked about. People want to reference it, you know. And uh, other than that, keep sending emails, but don't make them so long. When the morning comes and we see what we've become In the cold light of day we're aflame in the wind Not the fire that we begun Every argument, every word we can't take back Cause with all that has happened I think that we both know the way that the story ends Then only for a minute